Hello, I'm Charu Kamaria. I'm a writer, journalist, speaker, and podcaster based in the southeastern United States. And I started this show after many years of working in newsrooms where stories of the day are boiled down to just a few minutes. I want to go more in depth, talk about the things that we all should be noticing and discussing, and help you understand what the story really is. So let's get started. and welcome to this week's episode of The Story with Charu. And we're back talking to Gildo Marina Cyberson. Yes. Um, because we had so much great stuff to talk about last time that we had to break this up into two parts. Now, last time I was talking to you, you know, we were talking about your dad and your dad had this book. Yes. Um, and it was this, you call it the little black book, but describe it. What was in this thing? Well, it... it I say little. It's about the same thickness as my book, My Father's Daughter, maybe, but it was hardcover. Yeah. And in it, they had all kinds of different... Um, my big thing was the dreams. There was a lot in there about dreams. There was in there was stuff in there about palmistry. There was um, numerology, things like that, which I knew my father was not necessarily interested in some of those, but he was a big person a dreamer he used to have lots of dreams vivid oh vivid and remember them oh remember them and That's then he'd so tell us about them and he even created a a song he got a song once and he taught all, all, all my sisters and and that the generation not generation they were just yeah. a few years younger than us and all my cousins and they sing that song at every wedding and he dreamt that song that's weird that's crazy it it is crazy well my mother used to say that this is weird your father does the weirdest things (laughs) and so um yeah so he would you know I would sit up and talk to him about this stuff and my mother oh no you're gonna influence her (laughs) so he was very my father was I mean he was a very um devout Catholic but he had a mystical bent about him, you know. I think that a lot of the Sicilians do. I yes. think a lot of Italians do. We're specifically Sicilians, but I think a lot of them do, and it's been a big interest of mine. I mean, I'm a heavy dreamer. I'm heavy into dreaming. And on my mother's side, too, my grandfather, I assume I will discover down the road that he he used to do energy work on us when we were kids, and we didn't know that's what he would really? do. Really? How? What did he do? Well, we would, we would have done something to our ankle or knee or some something mm. my grand, my mother would drive us down to I say down 10 minutes away to yeah. the Italian um, north side of Syracuse and he would do some energy stuff around it and pull things away from it and heal it and half the time we didn't have most of the time we didn't have to go to the doctor if it was something Isn't like that. Isn't that so interesting? Isn't it? Yeah. That is it is definitely old country stuff cuz you and I yes. were talking before about um, you know this superstition, evil eye in yes. India. They say nazar, um, and then what did you call it in your dad? Maloikya, Maloikya. Yeah, and it's kind of like you need to be protected. Yes, from this, where an amulet or some sort of yes. stone, or in India, they would draw like a little black mark. 
Ah. on somebody like a baby back here so yeah. like, the evil eye would come and say like no never mind this yeah. baby's marked I'm not I don't yeah. even care about taking this baby it's weird it is it's hard to explain to someone if you grew up in America yeah like it's this whole idea that surrounds something yes you know what I'm saying I do and I, I try to you know not go too far down that rabbit hole because I think that some people can go crazy with it and you, I gotta, you know, remind people sometimes, like, nothing like that exists. Don't worry. The power of good overcomes everything. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, You yes. ever met old Italian people like that where you're like, calm down. It's not like that. Well, I don't, I would never tell them that. Oh, because okay. that, you know, the people who, they, they were kind of quiet about it. You know, okay. I would just kind of hear about this in the background. Or if they were doing it, probably this is the real truth. If they were doing it, I would, I had my nose right in there and say, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, um, I had a friend who I met here in Charlotte, and her mother used to do something with oil and water to to brush away spirits. And I didn't know about it, so I was intrigued. Yeah, I, I still don't know much about that. But. There's all kinds of things all over the world, and I love stuff like that. Yes, me too. It's so fascinating to me. Yes. Um. So I want to know one thing that struck me at this book is that you came to the table, you know, this is your mom and dad. Yes. Okay, and all the baggage that growing up and childhood brings with it, but you were very, almost like you were a journalist coming on to a crime scene. You were like, <laughs> or any kind of story, like a historian. Yes. You were very candid about what you wrote. You did not try to make anybody look... You know, like, I think a lot of people would write this and say, oh, I can't write that because... You know, my mom's going to read that. Like, the, you know, your mom brought money your dad didn't know about on this trip. And she's yes. going to get it exchanged. And she's doing it quietly. But then the math doesn't add up. And I, one thing that struck me is that you put all this in there, knowing that your mom and dad would read this. No, that's not the truth. Okay. The truth is, I put it all in there. But I never... I wrote the journal because I had to, you know, on the trip. Because I have to. I, I have to write. Yes. You know, if I have it's a dream, healing. it's healing. If I have a dream and it seems important, I write about it. So I just write, you know, constantly. Yeah. And so I, when I wrote this, when I wrote these stories, I never thought it was going to be a book. I just started writing it. I had no intention of making it a book. It really? It became a book unto itself. Wow. I'm not, you know, because I'm really, when I do memoir writing or do workshops and all, I just have people just write, 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 and don't worry about what they're going to do with it. And yeah. so, you know, so I never thought, and so once I did realize this is a book, and it was years down the road, I realized it was a book. You know, I, I came back from the trip and went to my writer's group. All I could do was write about this. That's so cool. All, and, and I kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't bring a poem. I brought an essay again. <laughs> and finally they said, Gilda, bring what you're really passionate about. And they really supported it. They were absolutely so cool. wonderful. Oh, it was so cool. And so when I finally um, finished it, and I did a million edits, and I, and I realized I was going to, probably put it out I gave it to the four main characters well that would be me um, Stu but my mother and my father okay because Stu was like whatever you know you want to do and so <laughs> so I gave it to them and they read it they both read it and um, my father my mother loves to, to love telling me the story that when he got to the end he closed the book and he said Mary what happened on our trip? <laughs> Can't you see my father doing that? <laughs> yeah, I could. And, and, yeah. She, and she said, Nick, 
this isn't about you. This was Gilda's journey. And that's that's when he closed the book and he said, then what's taken her so long to get it published? Because he was a businessman. Wow. And so he was not at all like you're putting our family's business out there. This is Isn't that funny? No. And that's so important, you know, to a lot of the Italian culture. Yeah. But his feeling was, this is how my father would say, I don't care what you say about me, just as long as you talk about me. <laughs> Your dad's crazy, dude. He's not so funny. Yeah. No, I'm, I was really... I'm very impressed by that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And again, in the first interview, we talked about how we don't give folks credit sometimes. We mm. think about them as these stodgy old people yes. reluctant to leave the past or their ways that need to change. But what a very progressive way of looking at this. Like this yes. individual said, he clearly saw some value that people would find value and commonality in this. Yes, he, he did. And he also, because there were a couple things in there, and I asked my mother, I said, how did dad feel about some of those things? But he saw himself as growing. Like some That's of the so things. Cool. He saw himself as having grown in the book. Which is, you remember I said to you, yeah. he always said we had to continue growing. And my mother, that whole part, when you get to Terramina, she's walking up and down the hills and I'm really concerned yes. about her. And so my mother, um, she has always been supportive of my creative work. Always. And so she's, and when I talk to you about it, she's, I say, mom, how come you were so supportive? She said, so supportive. I had eight kids going, you wanted to do art, you can do art, you know, whatever. <laughs> she's like, I don't care. You were out of my hair. That's fine. I had, I really, yeah. So she was always supportive of my creativity. And she says, cool. well, that's your story, Gilda. That's where you were coming from. And I'm not going to tell you what to do. That's very amazing. It is, isn't it? I must say. Yeah, yeah, that is. There is a concept. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but in Hindi, um, Lokyakenge. And Lokyakenge, Indian parents will tell their kids this. It means, what will people say? Oh, yes. About, and it can be about something so dumb. Like, you're not studying medicine yes. in, in college. You're not pre-med. Lokyakenge. Yeah. You know, God forbid, like, me marrying somebody that was not, you know, of my culture. Yeah. That was a big, you know, Lokyakenge. So it's like, yeah. I, I was very impressed that they were like, I'm very impressed by this because I think it takes guts. Yes. To, to say the truth and what even what your truth is. Yes. I think maybe when we were much younger, there was more of that. Yeah. They, we, I can't remember the language we use, yeah. but, um, but you know, they grew, right? My yeah. parents grew. Like we all grow. They did too. And they became more progressive living here. And, and that brings me to this point, which is assimilation. Yes. Because I think that, you know, your dad, that first time he's coming back to see his small town, his yeah. little village on the boat, and there's a statue of Mary, you know. Oh, yes. yeah. Mary, mother, Christ's mother. And, you know, he's kind of like, you see her like waving and, yeah. and blessing everybody. And there is this, you know, idea. I'm always fascinated by this idea that immigrants assimilate and you should assimilate. Assimilation to me happens so easily. Even if you are fighting against assimilation, yes. it is impossible to live anywhere and not assimilate Absolutely. because it's part of surviving. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And it's, you won't survive if you don't. That's, that's the right. truth of it. It's all about survival. Now, that wasn't my father's first time back. He'd been back yes. a couple times before. Okay. But he hadn't been back for a good, what, 30 years maybe. And not with you. Oh, never right. with, yeah, not with me. And my mother. Yeah. He had not been back with any of the three of us. You know, yeah. my, my husband, my mother, and, and myself. And so it was a whole different experience. But I agree with you on this assimilation. You know, when people have the courage 
to get up and leave and go somewhere else. They know it's going to be different. They may not know what it's going to be like, but that's why um, the assimilation, I mean, that's what this culture is about. We're a melting pot, you know? And so... um, It's one of the most fascinating things because I feel like America is a very young country, but I feel like somehow the best of the best always get here. Oh. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, we were watching some World Cup soccer and my husband made a comment that it was a few years ago. And he said, you know, these players, they'll be on the American team before you know it. I'm like, what uh, makes you say that? He goes, because we always get the best of the best, uh-oh. you know, and, and it, it always gets me thinking, maybe it's hopeful and maybe it's pie in the sky, but yeah. I consider myself really grounded. And I always think that um, there is the, we're always better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we're better than what's happening now. We are better and we strive. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I just, I kind of, I see what's happening right now at, in our border with families being separated. Yeah. And I'm always like, this is not, we are better than this. We are. Although we may disagree on how to handle it, mm-hmm. this is not the humane way to handle it. Right. Certainly I'm not, you know, trying to, I'm not trying to get into a political debate debate about it but mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is we're better so talk to yeah. me about seeking refuge oh oh yeah we'll talk, talk to me about talk that. well the, what is the, seeking the whole thing at the border has really been a struggle for me you know because I can just envision like when my family came over so seeking refuge is um I'm really excited about this um it's a panel that I'm going to be doing along with three other people and a student so it's seeking refuge how stories can save us and um, so former poet laureate Joseph Bethanti, um, Dia Abdo, is, who is, um, has started a program called Every Campus a Refuge, Banu Valadares, who is here in Charlotte at the um, Charlotte Bilingual, myself and one of the students from Central Piedmont, we're going to do a panel about writing your stories. It's just, just like what I've done here. You write your stories in... Um, it's a way to save us. And it really, when I've taught my students or even myself, when I started to put my stories out on paper, there's a healing that sort of yeah. takes place. I mean, we don't think of it as healing. We think of how am I going to craft this? How am I going to get this to sound what where people will right, read right, it? Right, right, yeah. But we're going to be having that program at Sensoria this year. What is Sensoria? Sensoria is a an arts well, it used to be the literary festival, and it now is an arts festival. So not only is there literary, there's music, there's art, and it's at Central Piedmont. Which and, is a college in Charlotte. Yes, yeah. it's Central Piedmont Community College is in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I taught there for a little while when I was teaching fine arts. And I've sort of have stayed connected with them, not as much as I used to, but um, they have agreed um, along with the Charlotte Writers Club who is helping to sponsor this and we're going to have a panel and we're going to talk about how stories can save us and how I think um, when you think about what's going on in the country and with refugees trying to come in or immigrants coming in I Joseph and I were especially uh, we got talking because they're both Italian descent. Like, what happened when our families came in? And mm-hmm. then um, Banu's family came in from, um, oh, she's from South America. I should know exactly where I'm slipping my mind. But Dia started that every campus a refuge. It's just a fascinating. She's the one who inspired us to say, we need to do something like this in Charlotte. And so it's going to be on March 30th. 
um, down in at Charlotte's main campus in okay. Tate Hall. From, it starts at um, 2.30. And I'll put a link to all of this on oh, the Instagram account. That'd be great. So I'll make sure yeah. people can get all the information that they need. But this, I, Seeking Refuge, How Stories Can Save Us, to me, the idea of Seeking Refuge, survival. Yes. And then the, this, this idea that a story, because I think everybody has a story to tell. Everyone. And I'm happiest when I'm interviewing people and talking about their stories. Yeah. To the point where maybe my curiosity one day is going to get me in trouble. Because <laughs> I'm just so curious <laughs> about yes. people. But it really can. Um, it is so healing and it's so fascinating. Oh, it's to so, learn about what makes people tick and how they got here. And oh, it's amazing you know what to I'm me. Saying? Well, yeah, because like I had said, I was going to teach memoir writing for two years. I'm on my twentieth year. Yeah, and so many people want to know about how to do this. They do, but sometimes I have to not teach a class or two because I'm working on my next memoir or I'm doing something that yeah. I need to do my writing. But I, I can't give it up altogether because I am always fascinated with people's stories. I mean, I, sometimes my mouth just drops and I'm just so excited about their stories. Yeah. And yeah. so I, and that's why I guess it's something that just was meant to be. And when you think about Italians, we sit around the table, people tell stories, they're always telling stories. And when I was a little kid, I used to sit there and listen, listen. And some of my siblings used to run off, but not me. So I kept all those little stories like, I know that. Did you know that so-and-so did, you know? Yeah. Were you ever that kid that, um, you know, I remember when my, my mom and her sisters, the Masi is the Hindi word for your mom's sister. Uh, and they would talk and, you know, like an antenna would go up when it was something they didn't want you to yes. hear. And you know how they change the way they talk and yes. you really listen? Yes. And kids just have such a way. They're so nosy. Yeah. I mean, even my kids, I mean, yeah. I'll be speaking and then I won't use names, yes. you know, to, to hoping that they won't pick up on what I'm saying. And then my son will say things like, who are you talking yes. about? Are you talking about that? And it's like, yeah. God, you are so sharp. Like, it's almost energetic. They just can feel yeah. what's going on, right? <laughs> they can just, oh, yes, I was always one who, who was picking up on stuff. Always. And it's so interesting when it's something you they don't want you to hear. That's what uh, you've got to know about. Well, you know, they used to, they used to ch- shift into Italian. But the difference is that my sister Nikki, who's my older sister, and I spoke Italian until I was, she was... I mean, we spoke English and we also spoke yeah. the dialect till we were five. The she was oh, five, wow. I was four. And so even though we might not be able to speak back, she was she's good at it. I have to practice all the time. I I knew what they were talking about. Yeah. I that that's that's the best. Yes. You know, yes. and there are certain words that don't translate. Yes. You know, that's right. It's only a word in that language. Yes. It's hard to you know, and or see, it's only maybe something that's funny in that language. Yes. When you translate it, it doesn't go. Yeah. But I, I love, I love that idea, and I love that you're sharing your your heritage. Yeah. There's so many similarities, and there's so many um, jumping off points for other people to pick it up. Yeah. You know, and and if you live here in America, it really is this fabric that makes us who we are. That's right. I mean, that's what we've always been about. Yeah. I mean, the only people who really belong here are the American Indian, really, in reality. And so the rest of us have come here. And those who've been here for a very long time um, sort of claim it as their own, but it's always been a melting pot. And, you know, I think of my family coming over here when I went there and saw all this. It was like, what? courageous people they were yeah you know and uh, and it makes you it makes you think because sometimes 
you know, you, you, the, you calling the seeking refuge and that got me thinking about some of times this is about survival. Yeah. And if you are not willing to change your situation for survival, you will die. You know, I mean, there yes. are times survival is literally about making it to the next day. And then if you're in a place where that's happening, I think we should try to thrive. We're, we're not surviving anymore. We're thriving. We're trying to do yes. even better, right? Yes. And that's what happened, right? Right. With our families. Yes. You would hope, right? That's yes. the hope. Yes. Is that we get yes. there. And you know, one of the things, Joseph Bethanti, because we're co- we co- co- not sponsored it, but we worked on this together. And um, one of the things that we keep talking about is we remember what happened as a, a you know an Italian little Italian American girl and a, him a little he was in, lived in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. a little Italian American boy he had he had more physical bouts you know in the streets and stuff than than I did but if we don't talk about it the the immigrants coming in now they can't speak up. And so, Correct. you know, we we can speak up because we've been here. And it feels like I'm giving something back, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. those who are coming in now. Yeah, because it is your job to protect. You know, you you, you mentioned these uh, physical fights that your colleague yeah. and friend got into, Joseph. And um, my husband always likes to tell our kids, you know, when we talk about bullying in school. Yeah. And we, you, there's wolf, there's prey, and then there's the sheepdogs. And my husband will always say... We're we're the sheep dogs. We protect. We're not the sheep. We're not the wolf. But we protect. Oh. And we stand in the way of the bully. And so, yeah, you know, it's such. A, if if you're in a position where you can, yes, you yeah. know, it, it's always a job to find your power and you yeah. know, yes. do that. I think it was just something we were both a a little obsessed about. Yeah, and so we wanted to do something about it. And they um, Charlotte Writers Club, especially the Charlotte Writers Club North Board up here, they they loved it right from the beginning and then the big board said yes and sensoria said okay we'll let you do it and they seem to be excited about it too so we were very fortunate to get someone to to sponsor this what and what would be your one hope for anybody participating in it well i think the hope would be and i'd love people to come and and hear but um the hope would be that people can see that by writing their stories keeping the uh, history of what's going on that they that they grow you know every time I put something on paper I'm I'm more aware and so that people would have the courage to write and have the courage to support others who need who need help you know well Gilda I can't thank you enough for oh. talking to me. I feel like I could talk to you just for hours. I know. And I don't I think that this would be the last time that I interview you because you're working on another book, but yes. we're going to save that yes. for the next time. So yes. I really appreciate you making the time. Oh, thank you, Terry. And really? happy writing to oh, you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. I really, I enjoyed it too. I really yeah. appreciate it. And um, if you want to see the book and some lovely pictures of Gilda and her trip and also her latest project with Seeking Refuge, I will put all of this on my Instagram at the story with Charu. Yeah. And also um, Twitter at Charu K. I'm on there too. So um, I will keep everybody updated. And until next time, I hope that you find some things that make your soul light and happy. You can support this show by subscribing it, liking it, and sharing it with others. And you can also follow the show on Instagram 
at the story with Charu. That's on Instagram. It's all lowercase, all one word, at the story with Charu. That's where I post pictures of our guests. And I also have um, more fresh takes about current events that we really can't get to in a podcast format and sometimes just random things from around the globe or just everyday life. You can also find more information about me on my website, charukamaria.com. That's C-H-A-R-U-K-U-M-A-R-H-I-A.com. Again, that's also one word. And until next time, I hope that you find something that makes your soul light and happy.